Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And it is Thursday, September 1st, so we'll be chatting about September 2nd through the 8th. Uh, at this point, we actually know what's coming up a bit later, but maybe we'll try to stick to talking about this week's stuff so we have some more stuff to talk about on the next episode, which uh, if you go look at our website right now, you can get a peek at the future. Usually we do week to week, but every once in a while when there's a long weekend, it affects the distributors, and uh, so we can't book stuff on a, a Monday or a weekend, and so we do two weeks at a time. So right now it's a real rarity where on the main page of the website there's actually three weeks of scheduling because there's the week that's about to end and then the one coming up and then the next one. But a whole bunch of stuff coming up, and it's a busy weekend for a lot of people, I'm sure, people going off on, you know, I guess this is like the last vacation of the year before Pretty much, yeah, kids Labor get Day weekend. back to school and... Uh, oh, and there's... And Nick is here. Nick is here. Handyman Nick. Handyman Nick, returning tools to himself. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I'm actually going away this weekend to Chicago. Bye, Nick. Behind the scenes at the Mayfair. Uh, I'm going to Chicago this weekend to just... My wife and I, it's a slightly belated anniversary trip for us. And we're going to try to nerd it up and uh, do a bit of a Ferris Bueller tour. And so far, we're going to go to a Cubs game, uh, go to the Sears Tower, which is not called the Sears Tower anymore, I forget what it's called, and uh, go to the art gallery. So it's like kind mm. of like the three things. And then pretend to be Abe Froman. Yes. <laughs> the, sa- the sausage king of Chicago. Steal a car. Uh, yeah, so what's coming up this weekend? So, well, first of all, um, we're bringing back Hunt for the Wilder People, which is pretty cool. We've had this at a very strange pace. Because we had yeah. it, it went away for a week. Mm-hmm. We had it, it went away for a week, and now we're squeezing it back for three more screenings. So we have it, it's all in the matinee slots. Uh, but this is a PG film, and kind of like a 1980s film, from today's point of view, when you compare it to, I don't know, like a Finding Dory or something. Yeah. It's a little more dark, a little more scary a couple times maybe, but nothing that'll scar anybody for life, I don't think. Excuse me? <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it reminded me, uh, I think we've chatted about this before, but it reminded me of stuff like The Goonies or something along those lines. Yeah, something from uh, like kids getting in trouble. Yeah, and so if... Smart alecky kids. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it yet, this is, I don't know, never say never now because we keep on getting it back, but very, very likely your last chance to see it with us. And so if you're around on this long weekend... Uh, we even have a Monday at one fifteen show. So if you're looking to get the kids out of the house on a Monday right before they all go back to school, bring them, bring them to this movie. It's really good. I, I was surprised on the first night we had it, we actually had it slotted in at the 9 o'clock time slot. And we did really well with it. It was a very full house and a lot of kids. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing you know families at every screening. So Yeah, so I'm happy that we managed to get that back. And it's, it really is one of those ones where the... Um, and I still haven't seen it. You haven't. You've got to see it. <laughs> i got to come see it. It's that cliche by, back by popular demand. People, yeah. Often when people say, are you getting back fill in the blank, we just have to kind of shrug and go, sorry, we've only got one screen and we have so many other movies yeah. coming. And so usually you, the week we have it or the two weeks we have it, that's it. It's probably not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so 
do yourself a favor and check out this film uh, this weekend, all in the matinee slots. Hunt for the Wilder People. And the S- speaking of matinees, matinees, yes, we should talk about uh, Gene Wilder, who passed yeah. away this week. Uh, we'll be showing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka, which is is approximately thirty five years old, I mm-hmm. think the film, and it's kind of crazy now because it's such an iconic family film or kids film, and I bet you there's a lot of kids who have never seen it, uh, or God, probably a lot of people around the age of you know in their twenties who haven't seen it. It's when it came out, it was not a big hit, which is interesting. Uh, it's really something. Really, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I was just reading about it, and it. I don't know if it was a giant flop, but it definitely wasn't a hit. It kind of came and went. And then it was rep houses, and then decades later, kind of getting to TV and VHS and everything like that. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of those kind of films. And it's funny because just recently, another Roald Dahl movie came out, uh, The BFG. Oh, that's right. And okay, it same didn't author. do really well no, either. No, no. So you, you always kind of think, like, will, will a generation for now the, from now, will a, will a movie that didn't do so well kind of still have footing... Uh, but Willy Wonka is, of course, Gene Wilder. W- when did he do this in comparison to, like, the Mel Brooks stuff? Well, he did The Producers in 1967. That was, like, the beginning of his movie career. Yeah. He was in Bonnie and Clyde. I think that might have been his first film. Yeah. And then um, he did Willy Wonka in between Producers and Young Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. And was he... Do you know, was he, like... What was he, stand-up? <clears throat> stand-up comedian? No, he was just an actor. Just, just an Just, like, actor, a theater eh? actor. Wow. Yeah. Um, and for someone with not the deepest resume, he kind of retired relatively early. Yeah, there's um, an interview with him. If you go on YouTube, he, he discusses why he pretty much semi... He did some television. He had like a short-lived TV series in the 90s. But he, yeah. he talked about just getting tired of the business and getting tired of, you know, the yeah. lackluster scripts he was being offered. Yeah, yeah. You know... Which is a shame, because it would have been great to see him keep making movies, but he pretty much stopped, like, I think the last actual movie he made was in, like, 1990, and And then he did just TV stuff and theater after that. And sometimes you watch an older film of whatever genre, whether it be horror or science fiction or comedy, um, and you can still love it, but it's, it's dated, whether it be because of you know, the, the, the music in it or the wardrobe or you just, mm-hmm. you, you can tell, like, it looks dated. But you watch, so, the like, especially Young Frankenstein. Like, you watch Young Frankenstein and it... it Holds it, up. It's, it's it's a good trick because it's pseudo-1930s. Yeah, so that helps it age well, you but know. man, does it hold up. Like, it's like, still laugh hilarious. out loud funny. Uh, and, and I find, like, I have, like, some cousins who probably watched it in their, like, teens or even childhood and they loved it just as much as they would have if they seen it in the 70s you know so mm-hmm. like like jaded little internet kids of present day still loved a movie like that yeah and Willy Wonka is funny because although it's always funny when a movie gets torn apart but it still makes a lot of money so the Tim Burton version which was what was that called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah, no Willy Wonka. Which, which Gene Wilder did not like. Did not like. <laughs> made a lot of money, you know. Like yeah. so, and not so that, that one was a hit. Yeah, which is funny. Not that that means a movie is good or bad. Everyone has their opinion, but um, and supposedly, and, and the, it's kind of a blur because I, I read the book when I was a kid. But supposedly, 
the Johnny Depp version is a little bit more loyal to the book. Mm. Like Tim Burton had said, this is based on the book, not necessarily a remake of yeah. the Gene Wilder movie. Um, but yeah, it's one of those movies that, you know, parodied endlessly, whether it be on, you know, The Simpsons or the, the music is still, you know, you'll hear the music in yeah. best of musicals, best of yeah. family films, all those kind of things. Uh, it's funny, you look on like Wikipedia and they have... The AFI is hilarious because they didn't just make a list. Like, AFI could have just been like, here's our 100 favorite movies. But they have, like, 50 subcategories. Yeah. And they're like, like and, and it's not even as specific as, like, comedy. But they'll be like, the 100 best comedy, the 100 best songs, the 100 best com- comedic moments. Mm-hmm. So it's on there for a few lists uh, for, for comedy and stuff like that. But it's also one of those films, almost in the same way that, like, we were mentioning with Hunt for the Wilder People... It's a movie that, by today's standards, is rather kind of dark and creepy for a kid's movie. Yeah, it's got that, well, it's got that really dark uh, moment when they're uh, going through the tunnel. Yeah. It's a little creepy. And, like, do, does a kid die in it? A kid, a kid like, blows up in it, doesn't she? It's, I think... Doesn't a kid, like, eat gum or something and then get, like, really yeah, big? Yeah, she and, goes like, through the... Oh, no, 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 that's... I can't remember. No, I, I, I don't know. I think there, there's some sort of line of dialogue saying, oh, no, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they all go through some sort of weird mutation thing. Right. Except for Charlie, because yeah. Charlie behaves himself for the most part. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think anyone does. No, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... Yeah, kids' movies of kind of the 60s through the 80s were so different than now. Even, like, Disney yeah. films were so dark and... Um, but yeah, so it's, it's always sad. Uh, it, it's weird with him because it, it, a friend of mine said, oh, isn't it sad? And I said, it is. And I don't want to sound disrespectful, but he was, he was out of the limelight for so long. Yeah. You kind of thought he might have already passed away, but you're like, oh, no, he's still here. He just went away. Well, he had al- uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah. Which I wasn't aware of because he kept it, you know, he, he kept that really private. And then like Gilda Radner died. God, what, like 20 years ago? Yeah, so, yeah. So when she died and then... But even, he remarried after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even like his comedy partner who he worked with... Um, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Um, they did a few things together, but then Richard yeah. Pryor ended up getting... Really sick. Really yeah, he sick got MS. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, any chance to... It is, it, it's, um, it's sad, of course, but I, I love getting an excuse to show movies like this on the big screen. Uh, we've had a good track record, and again, not to make a profit off of someone else's demise, yeah. but Star Trek II did really well for Leonard Nimoy, Purple yeah. Rain did really well with Prince, and it really is this very nice, cathartic, cinema geek thing to do. Yeah. Of just get in a theater. Uh, it was like when we had Roger Ebert's documentary. Yeah. Oh, that was rough to watch. Yeah. It was... It was uh, oh, that's a really good one. So really good, yeah. It. That's something I do in Chicago. I, I, I look up, I looked up Roger's favorite movie theaters, uh-huh. and there's one that's actually just a screening room, so I can't go to it. It's, well, there's the Gene Siskel, yeah, theater or what, and film center. What's funny is you look up these things, like look up a theater in Chicago, a theater in L.A., whatever. They're playing everything we're playing. Like we, yeah. we great minds think alike. Yeah, because. I think it's the one. I think it's the Gene Siskel I just looked at, and they were screening like, oh god, I forget. But it was like Tale of Tales, and they were yeah, screening which we're showing this Friday. Yeah, and they were showing like Lo and Behold, and they're so yeah. so. It's like I could go to them, but I'm like, ah, they just have stuff that we have. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah. So anyhow, come see 
Willy Wonka, be sad. Enjoy a nice uh, classic uh, cornerstone motion picture. Yeah, that's Monday at 3.45. Yeah. Holiday uh, Monday. Matinee. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so now to get on track of some new stuff we have, uh, as we just mentioned a second ago, uh, Tale of Tales is a premiere this week. It is a kind of a grown-up fairy tale anthology, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's an anthology, is it an anthology? actually. I, I don't think tell. so. It's from the director of Wild Tales, which is an anthology. That's what made me think it was an anthology. But I couldn't tell from the trailer because it looked like I couldn't tell if John C. Riley's story was in the same block as um, some of the other ones. Right. So I, I, yeah, I may be falsely advertising that as an anthology, but it is a grown-up dark fairy tale yeah. throwback to... Kind of like we all know, like a lot of the fairy tales that Disney... The grim fairy tales, yeah. Yeah, that Disney Disneyfied were much darker in their original incarnations. And so I think these tale of tales are um, akin to that. Kind of old, dark, creepy fairy tales. Mm -hmm. Um, John C. Riley's in it. I will watch anything that John C. Riley is in. Uh, Yeah, Toby Jones, Vincent Cassell. Yeah, it's a good cast. And uh, yeah, it looks good. It looks... looks, uh, Dark and creepy. Looks like it has some monsters in it. Yeah. Um, probably don't bring the kids to this. No. Nope. It's, it's rated, again, in Canada. Well, it's rated R, I believe. Well, or is, is 14A. It actually, oh, 14A. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times, like... R in the States. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, Canadians are more lenient than Americans. Yeah. Uh, at least so, in Ontario. At least in Ontario, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Taylor Tales starts uh, Friday the 2nd at 9 o'clock. That's the Ottawa premiere. And a few screenings following the week of the 2nd through the 8th. Uh, the other premiere this week is called Closet Monster. That premieres Saturday. I don't think that's a premiere. Oh, is it actually. not a premiere? No, I think Sorry, that's played elsewhere. Oh, that might have played over. We have it listed as a premiere. Ah. Uh, uh, we'll see. Mystery film. We might be aver- We might. Be well, aver- it's new. It's, it's new. It's, it's a new it's film. New. <laughs> it, <laughs> at least. Uh, if I remember correctly, it won awards at TIFF. Made, mm-hmm. I think the Audience Award, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Won and been nominated for quite a few, kind of a, a, a festival favorite uh, Canadian content up on screen. Um, so any t- people always say, are you playing Canadian films? We always play Canadian yeah. films. Even if people don't come, we always play Canadian films. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just screened one called Zoom that... Which looks really good. People, yeah, people were telling me it was, it, it was a cool movie. I didn't know what to think of it at first, but by the time it got rolling, I really liked it. I really yeah. liked the ending. Um, if anybody's familiar with kind of like comic book writings of like Grant Morrison or like alternate universes or multiverses, it's kind of like a story like that where it was like, and you kind of pick this up from the trailer, but it's just like, oh God, what was it? So a comic book artist in our world is doing a comic about a filmmaker. Yeah. And that filmmaker, the character in his movie is writing a story. And so we're seeing three different universes. It's like an intersecting kind of rabbit hole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And really well done. And uh, Partially animated. uh, Yeah. Partially live action. And it's kind of like rotoscope. um, Yeah. Ralph Bakshi. um, uh, What's the one that... um, The Texas one. The... uh, Waking Life. Waking Life, yeah. Kind of trace over. Scanner Darkly. But so that, that's a different Canadian film we just screened. But Closet Monster is coming up this week for three shows. And this shows. is like a really bizarre kind of coming-of-age story. Yeah. It's a Newfoundland teen who's uh, in the closet. Yes. He's sort of coming to grips with uh, his past. And I think, yeah, filmed out east. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, yeah, and yeah. If I remember correctly, it's online, but it's the uh, it was the uh, TIFF Audience Award winner and mm-hmm. won a few more awards on its run before hitting theaters. Now, the what else do well, we? Well, I have it here. Oh, best, you have it? Can, best Canadian feature film at TIFF. Oh, well, there you go. Not even yeah. uh, Atlantic Film Festival best director, best screenwriter, uh, film out in San Diego. Uh, Best first narrative feature, best supporting actor, outstanding emerging talent. So yeah, lots of big award winner. Big praise. So then we have Last Cab to Darwin. Australian film. Australian film. I really like Australian and New Zealand films. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know probably shouldn't. You shouldn't mention the together. two. They don't, they know, don't like it. Just lately, we've been every kind of independent. They, they seem to, although both are, are different and distinct countries, they seem to <laughs> greatly support their independent filmmakers while at the same time having a big foothold in doing big movies. Because, like, Australia, of course, is famous for the Peter Jackson, or sorry, New Zealand yeah. for the Peter uh, Jackson yeah, stuff. Yeah, don't get them don't get mixed oh, up. Oh, I did it again. And Australia, um, some of the Star Wars prequels, I, I think, uh, you know, Mad Max, of course, stuff like that. But their little independent films are, are, are very much their culture and their own characters and and their own country supports them. Like I know with Wilder People, um, and it's all different because of population and stuff, but Wilder People in New Zealand was a huge Oh, I can hit. imagine, yeah. Like made more money than any of the mainstream Hollywood films playing there. Um, so yeah, so this is a story, I believe, of a, uh, a cab driver who is terminally ill, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a dramatic comedy about him going on a... a a final quest. Yeah, driving through the outback. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea if it's loosely based on a true story. Sounds like something that might be, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so that's an Australian film. We have a very... We've been having very uh, diverse screenings lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like... I think it was like last week where we had... Or right now, today, we have a Japanese film, a Norwegian film, and a French film. Yeah. A France-French film. Yeah. So So... On screen today, we have three subtitled films. Yeah. And there was somebody, last time I was working, who, not rudely, but did not like subtitles. Yeah. And he said, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. And I was like, well, tomorrow is Everything three subtitled, subtitled yeah. films, so you're not going to like that. Um, I never notice it. I, like, I know some people say they don't like it, they find it distracting looking up and down, but... Yeah, it doesn't bother me. No, I, I just kind of fall into the groove and, and... I don't have a problem with reading. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I don't. You know, I don't want to. I want to see movies from around the world. I don't want to. Yeah. Limit myself. I watched a documentary about pubs, uh, taverns, and pubs. Okay. And so it had a bunch of Irish folks and Scottish folks. I could understand them. Oh yeah, I, you, I could you, understand. They had English subtitles on English speaking people. Yeah, for all people. the the Cockney. It was crazy. Like, like I was like, I know our friends down in the states are notorious for not being able to understand accents. Which is so weird to me because there's accents all over. Yeah. Like a, a Texan sounds different than a guy from Brooklyn, sounds yeah. different than somebody from, you know, Boston. Um, but I think that's weird. You, we've had it a couple times here, like an English speaking movie with English subtitles because they're afraid that the accents are too heavy. I remember back in the day, <laughs> train spotting, back in the day of 35 millimeter prints, the Canadian prints were left alone. The American prints had English yeah. subtitles, yeah. which is weird. So weird. But they just don't have an ear for accents, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in Snatch, like it, it, 
Oh yeah, um, Brad Pitt's character. I mean, that's yeah. the running joke where he's that gypsy and like yeah. you can't understand what he's saying. It's all yeah. garbled. The uh, but yeah, so the, the Australian one is in English though. So whether you like subtitles or not, you're fine with that one. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, uh, the new Meryl Streep film, which we got pretty fast. Meryl Streep is kind of gold around here. Yeah, <laughs> she's like yep, like royalty. She she works pretty well. She does a couple movies a year, and we screen every single one of them, and they all do well. And this one is a true story based on a rich socialite who has donated a bunch of money to the arts mm-hmm. and is now performing in a concert, but she's the worst singer of all time. And that's kind of the, the gag through the movie. And uh, it's herself and you Grant and an actor who is from that TV show that I don't watch about nerds. <laughs> is what? It? What's the TV show? Uh, uh, th- um, I, was, I just about said 30 Rock, but that's not what it's called. Big Bang Theory. Oh, uh... One of the actors, Jim Parsons, or no? What is his name listed here? One of the actors. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, the 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 big eyed guy. Yeah. So so he's he's in. <laughs> I don't this. watch that show either. No. People always say, "Do I watch it?" And I'm like, "No, I just it's like, I don't know. I don't find it offensive, but I'm like, I am a nerd. I don't got to watch a show about nerds. Yeah. I, I don't like. But uh, but he's in this kind of I think making a slightly dramatic turn, which mm-hmm. it's I, I saw. Um, Oh, what's his name? Um, Doogie Howser. Neil. Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. I saw him talking about an actor's career, and it's very interesting. And he said how you get on a hit sitcom, and then that allows you to be in some independent films because your managers and agents will let you get away with it because you're like, well, you're already making money on the sitcom. And then that independent film gives you a foothold to get in bigger films. Uh-huh. Or you go into a kid's film, and then you can point at that and go, Smurfs 2 made $500 million. Yeah. So I'm a viable actor. You could put me in Gone Girl and let me do something very different than my sitcom work. Yeah. And it's all, it's all very complicated, but it's interesting to follow the paths. So, like, this actor, who's currently on a sitcom... Whose name in, we don't know. Whose name we don't know. <laughs> uh, who gets into a movie like, like Florence Foster Jenkins, maybe Florence will be... Um, nominated for some Oscars down the line. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to go, I'm in an Oscar-nominated film. And he probably, he's probably making way more money doing an episode of his sitcom probably. than doing this whole film. Yeah. But um, it just makes sense in the, in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And then Meryl Streep, yeah, Meryl Streep will probably get Meryl Streep's fine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she'll, she'll get another Oscar nomination. She's, she's got her bills paid, I'm sure. Yeah, she pretty much gets an Oscar nomination every second or third She'll probably get an Oscar does. nomination for this. Yeah, because this kind of follows the rules. Like, people like underdogs, people like true stories, people like kind of period pieces, and this yep. is like slightly... Especially here. Yeah, yeah. Costume drama. We, we do well with the... Yeah. The period pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that is our six films this week. Um, but we have a whole bunch of stuff coming up as well. Um, well, we got a couple new premieres yeah, uh, we, that we should mention. They, they just keep popping up. I know. I've made so many new premiere <laughs> posters in the last couple days. Did we mention Rob Zombie's new movie? We did not. Uh, 31. 31, which is... It's so interesting because I remember... I really like Rob Zombie, um, even just as a person, because mm-hmm. I've heard him on podcasts where he just like 
talks about dinosaurs for half an hour. Or, right. you know, he's a comic book nerd. He's kind of like, he's one of us. But I had heard he has been trying to do some non-horror films. Uh-huh. One of which was a hockey film uh-huh. about the Philadelphia Flyers in the 70s. So it would still be like, it would basically be like his like slap shot, still kind of blood and guts, okay. but, but a hockey film. Um, and he's done a bit of TV. Like, I think he directed just, again, to kind of build up his resume, like some, some cop shows and stuff like that. Okay. But I was surprised to see he's doing another um, horror film because I really thought he was trying to do other yeah. things. But this, um, it is, is it a, not a haunted house? Is it, it's like a, a carnival film, I think? Yeah, sort of like a, it looks sort of like a Saw thing, like violent uh, traps. Yeah. People are kidnapped and forced to play this dangerous game. And it looks to have like a circus theme or like a carnival theme. Uh, one of the posters, a poster I couldn't use on the uh, for our advertising because sometimes we just can't. I can't use it because like the title's just in the wrong place for where our banner's going to be. But there's one, and there's this not so new now, but there's a poster artist who's really starting to roll along, and his initials are P.S. I think it's like Paul, it's like Paul Shipley or something like that. Paul mm-hmm. Shipper. So he did one of the posters for Thirty One, and it's beautiful, and it's just he's he's a child of Drew Struzan. Right. Uh, he also did a poster that we had recently for the Raiders documentary, the mm-hmm. fan film documentary, mm-hmm. and he did one for, we screened a kung fu film, a real epic, fantastical kung fu film a while back that had like big monsters and everything in it, and he did, he did the poster for that as well. Mm-hmm. So that poster is beautiful. It looks like an old school, like 1970s poster. Um, Rob Zombie Films... Are super horror films. Yes. So like, it, it's I'm glad to have it for the Halloween season, but even some horror fans might not like yeah. Rob's style of horror. I I, I like Devil's Rejects. Yeah, uh, and that's about it. <laughs> I think Devil's Rejects is the movie that if Quentin Tarantino had had more power of um, Natural Born Killers, I think it would have been. Devil's Rejects. Because when Oliver Stone did Natural Born Killers, it had all these, like, kind of, like, weird, like, sitcom moments and asides. And, like, you know, and Quentin doesn't like that movie, I don't think. Like, Quentin's not a big fan of Natural Born Killers. Like, that was back when he Well, just, he wrote the screenplay. Yeah. And then and Oliver Stone sold it changed off. it. Yeah. yeah. But Devil's Rejects is such, like, a, you know, dark road trip crime movie. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so this will be... Again, love to get it for Halloween because 31 looks to be a perfect Halloween type mm-hmm. film, midnight movie type film. Uh, but yeah, so that's one of our new ones. And uh, speaking of nice posters, yes. uh, September 16th, we have a film called Rabid Dogs. Rabid Dogs. Which I believe is a remake of the Mario Bava film. It, yes, I read a little bit about it when I was kind of pasting together some reviews and stuff. And it is, yes. It's, uh, uh, these bank robbers take a family hostage and yeah. they're on the road. Yeah. So, so, yeah, and, uh, again, kind of like a 1970s-style yep. crime genre movie. Uh, and I, I think Guns A-Blazing, yep. Blood and Guts kind of movie. Uh, very opposite end of the scale, uh, a new film called First Girl I Loved. Which premieres on October 1st. And that's kind of cool because I, I double-checked with Lee. I emailed him and I said, oh, is it a typo October 1? Because I noticed the poster says October 18. 
And he said, no, we got it October 1. So that just means we have it seven days before the States has it. Oh, cool. So that's kind of cool. So it's like a Canadian premiere. Yeah. And uh, this won um, some awards at uh, Sarasota Film Festival, River Run Film Fest, and Sundance. And it's a coming-of-age love story. Yeah. High school. Yes, and, and very, like, the awards, Sundance especially, I trust, because even though they've gotten a bit more big over the years, everything that wins a Sundance Award, I always seem to get behind and really mm-hmm. enjoy. Uh, yeah, so that one's coming up as well. That's for, for that's an October movie for our non-horror fans, yeah, just to show that we're, October we're not all horror all the time. Um, and I think since our last podcast, we confirmed our bookings for Rocky Horror, which yeah. we, ha- we still have a September one coming up. Yeah, um, September... 24th, I think? I will look it up. Oh, okay. And we have The Room uh, on... Yeah. Um, well, The Room is next. The Room is September 10th yeah. at 11.30, and Rocky Horror is September 17th. So, yeah. And Saturday Night Cinema, of course, returns on the 24th. And then a month later for Halloween, it's... So Halloween falls on a Monday this year. Yes. Which isn't the perfect day for Halloween. Saturday or Friday is the perfect day. But, but we still will be doing a midnight. Yes. Or so, no, no, Halloween, are we just doing 7 and 9.45? I believe so, yeah. So it's, it's um, Friday and Saturday will be uh, 9.45 shows and midnight shows. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday the 31st on Halloween will be, what is it, a 7 and 9.45 okay. show. So if you, if lots of opportunity, whether you're, if you don't want to stay up too late, you can come see one of the earlier ones. Yep. Or if you want to go for the true midnight movie kind of celebration uh you can come on the friday or saturday uh they're always crazy they're yep they're always if not sold out close to sold out yep uh dress up yep and we'll don't have, be afraid to dress up we'll have information soon on tickets yeah tickets will be available soon and we'll have those from our box office and you can come and grab a batch of tickets yeah sometimes people come in it's crazy like we'll buy like 20 tickets at 15 bucks a pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, kids will send their parents to come and buy tickets for them. Yeah. And uh, we'll have some more horror stuff as well. I mean, we got two already that are pretty pretty big premieres for us with Phantasm and the new Rob Zombie film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have more announcements momentarily for more stuff for that. Uh, but always don't, don't fret if you don't like horror movies. There's always yep. regular films. Uh, lots of Meryl Streep. Yeah, lots of Meryl Streep puzzle pieced around the horror films for people who are too squeamish for the Halloween horror season. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's about it for this weekend. Um, Andrew has to go get ready to work, and yep. I have to go get ready to go to Chicago tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Time to pack. Time to pack, and time to research what else to do. Uh, but visit our friends over at House of Targ, yep. across the street from the Mayfair. They have a Dirty Harry pinball I was going to say, yeah. Machine. I, I haven't even seen it yet. I don't know what it's really it's cool. From. Is it old? Is it like a I don't know. I just saw a picture of oh, it, man. but it looks amazing. That'd be cool. Uh, who knows? Because they, they've had some games in there, like an Elvis game or like a Kiss game that are actually like 40 years old. Yeah, so, that's cool. So yeah, this could be an actually, it could be new because there's some stuff that is just retro, new retro. Yep. Uh, and yeah, visit our friends at House of Targ and then you can go check out Audible. Audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast and you can download a free audiobook. Hunt for the Wilder People is based on a book. I don't know if it has a oh, adaptation. That would be worth looking up. I or bet Charlie and the Chocolate yeah, Factory. Yeah, I bet you there's a you Charlie, and the Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on there. Um, but yeah, so check that out. I love audiobooks. I listen to them all the time. It's probably mm-hmm. going to end up being bad. They're going to say, like, oh, your brain is never off. You're always <laughs> listening to things. But uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week 
and uh, enjoy your long weekend. Come see some movies. All right. See you later. Bye.